0: What's up everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Fast Track, formerly known as Pave the Way Podcast. I'm your host Greg Hellback, and on this show, you are going to learn exactly how to be successful as a real estate investor. It doesn't matter if you're brand new or if you've done dozens and dozens of deals. This is a podcast you're going to be able to listen to that's going to give you actionable, specific advice on how to be successful within real estate investing. I'm going to interview top-notch real estate investors each and every week. And there's also going to be some content that is just going to be me telling you exactly about my journey and how I've went from a broke kid starting out to a million dollar real estate investor. So if you want to learn how to be successful investing in real estate, this is the show to listen to. And I'm looking forward to being able to serve you at a high level. My man, Brad, welcome back to the show. It's only been about five years.
1: Hey Greg, yeah, I think I was one of like your first few people on. you on one podcast. of the first
0: few, buddy. So uh, that's because you're a nice, easy guy to talk to. So I figured, let me start my podcast <laughs> crew out with a nice, polite gentleman from Georgia. So sure. Brad, a lot has happened since we last spoke. You know, you got a great business down in Atlanta. You know, you were corp, you're a corporate refugee, so you got <laughs> out of your job. Now you're a big boy down in the Georgia market. So let's just start with this. Give everyone a high level overview of what does your business look like today in 2023.
1: So today, I actually kind of scaled back a little bit last year. Um, and I realized that I was like, hey, the 80 20 principle, right? 80% of our deals were coming through probate. And we're really good at probate. My team is really good at it. Like, we have the personalities and the like understanding of the process and the patience. Yeah. So, like, our best deals, like all of our revenues coming from probate, you know, and why why are we doing all these other things? I, and I, I found myself in a trap like over the year, you know, being in these big masterminds with these heavy hitters. I was like, well, I need to do that. And I need to do that. Yeah, oh, I hate that. dude. I Trust need to me. do that. And I need this big giant team and I need this and this. And then I started like trying to automate it and get myself out of it. And I was like, wait a second. I kind of like doing this a little bit. Like I like being in the mix, yeah. you know. So then, so last year um, I kind of scaled back a little bit. I I I let some employees go and uh, kept my core employees. uh, My acquisitions guy and my leads manager have been with me for like I think like four years now. Um, And I just said let's simplify this and just you know do the probate stuff. And then I devised this brilliant plan of how I'm going to do probate, and I'll get into that later. But my business today is a lot less deal volume. Um, and you know, we've done probably half the amount of deals, um, that we were doing before, but honestly, I think I'm, I haven't looked at my books yet, but I think I'm making more money than I was before, you know, from a net perspective, right? You
0: just said so, the secret, my man, this is, yeah. this is, this is the thing. Cause you and I are in a lot of the same groups and we rub elbows with the same people. I have done some serious investigating and I ask a lot of questions and if you can have a small team that makes a lot of money like you and me, and you can do big deals and have a nice bottom line, you're going to net more money than these people with these huge machines. And in the the big benefit that I've discovered, and listen, I'm no genius, but when the market gets a little frothy like it did last year and now it's coming back, yep. when you have a big business, like it's like a cruise ship, it's very hard to turn the cruise yep. ship around. But when you have a nice, efficient speedboat, it's still going to go fast and make you money, But if you got to turn around, you can turn that thing around in in the blink of an eye versus this whole business. You got to fire people and offload people and you got all this overhead you have to like wind down. So when people get into this business, I've found they, they want to have freedom and they want to have more money, right? That's usually the goal. And they get themselves back into a corporate scenario that they happen to be running. And now they're stuck. They can't go on vacation. They can't leave their team. And it turns into this mess. So I love how you shared that because you can make more money with less people and have a great business. And I used to just be like, you know what? If Joe Blow is doing more deals than me, good for him. I'm fine with that. It doesn't bother me. Like I'm not, I don't need to compare myself to other people because there's always going to be somebody that's doing more business than me, no matter what. And I'm okay with that. And man, I love how you shared that because
1: a lot of people need to hear
0: this because they might not want to scale because it's a whole other beast.
1: And it's not for everybody. Like I'm a- I value my free time. Me too. Right? So, like, I, I realize, and, and so last year while I was building my house, I, this is sort of a, another real estate project I was doing. IGC'd the whole building. I was here on site every single day. I found that I can run my business from this right here every day because I'm literally just on the phone all day. That's all hey, I do, right? <laughs> phone and emails. Yeah. So I'm running my business from this phone while I'm building a house. I was doing some of the work, you know, cause I like, you know me, I like doing some of that stuff. And, uh, I'm like, well, wait a second. I kind of like how this is working. Obviously I took my, I took my eye off the ball and the business still ran and we still made money and I still kept things afloat. But now that I like got out of the build and I'm done now I'm like really focusing back in it and like, now we're making money. Like, it's like, cool. So now I know that I can sustain the thing. And then, and then the market sort of dropped off. Right. So what we started doing then is actually, I started flipping some more stuff. I started taking stuff down and I, I did a little interesting, uh, strategy with the flips where, um, I, to sort of keep the business going, um, uh, because I've got these relationships with my private lenders. I was like, well, I'll just borrow a little bit more on the rehab than what I know the rehab is really going to cost. That's a little bit of padded. It's like, uh, what, uh, Mitch Steven always talks about that.
0: Well, seller
1: finance deals. Yeah. Like, Hey, take leave, keep like five or 10 grand for yourself from the loan. And then that's like revenue. And then the rest, you know, and then I have cash to cover if I go over, but you know, it, it actually worked out pretty well. So I've got these flips that are, um, you know, we're selling them and, and they're, so I've also structured my business to like, not be like a hundred percent wholesale. It's a mixture of wholesale and flips. So like, the wholesales, like the consistent sort of revenue and the flips are like big licks that are coming in, yeah. you know, here and there, right? And and not just relying on one thing or the other. So,
0: Dude, I do like literally the same thing. I feel like we're the same person, except I'm North and you're South or West and yeah. you're East, whatever you want, however you want to structure it. But uh people also don't do that. They just get into this wholesale machine and it's fine. But right. I told, I tell people, I said this on a podcast the other day. I said, listen, the biggest mistake that I made when I started was that there were opportunities. If I were to fix and flip those houses or even close on them and put them on the market, I would have made quadruple what I would have made wholesaling it. And I made 30 grand wholesaling it. Like I would have made 120 just buying a right. damn house. That's triple or quadruple the revenue on the same lead. That Correct. changes your life. That changes your life. Not the 30 grand deal. It's the 120 grand deal. Cause it takes you the same almost time and effort. Maybe you got to wait three more months, but like, that's like found
1: money. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Sure. Yeah. So we we wholesale, we wholesale, we flip, and I keep rentals and I do owner financing stuff. I do like all the things that wear all the hats, right? Yeah. Cause every, every um lead that comes in, right? I'm looking at it like through a lens of like, how does this best fit? What's the highest and best use for this deal? And sometimes I need to wholesale some deals because I just, I'm looking at cash flow projections for the business. So I'm like, okay, well, we need to wholesale these two just because we need some cash like here in the next like, two weeks or three weeks yeah. or whatever. And then, Oh, let me, let me keep that. Like I've got a flip, um, that we just started this week. Um, I bought it back uh, right after Christmas. We had a temporary occupancy. The guy <laughs> overstayed his temporary occupancy. I actually got to keep the escrow hold back cause he overstayed by like three oh, yeah. weeks. Um, and then, so now I'm like, well, cool. I bought this for an even better number. And then I just, I finally started the flip here. Um, Obviously, you know what's been going on with my son and I just couldn't, didn't have the mental capacity for a couple months to just deal with this flip. So just sat, right? Good for my private lender. I'm paying them interest on this. But I just got started on it last week. We're, you know, banging it out. It's a cosmetic rehab and I was running the numbers and and good thing I waited a little bit because the market's kind of like- Coming back up. Coming back a little bit. And there was a comp in the- I projected the ARV on this house at like 290, conservatively, like with the market adjustment. Da, da, da Well, another one in the neighborhood just sold for 310. Literally, same exact house. Mine's on an unfinished basement. That one's on a slab. Same neighborhood. Just sold for 310. So I'm like, well, cool. There's another 20 grand in in revenue there. So I'm like running the numbers. Like, well, shoot, I'm going to still make like 60 grand on this flip. Like. Good thing I kept it, you know? Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> and that's the thing. And that's why I love how you don't have this massive machine. Because when you have a massive machine, you have to just wholesale to keep the overhead afloat. But Correct. when you can have a smaller business, when I say smaller, it doesn't necessarily mean revenue smaller, volume smaller, and overhead smaller. Yeah, You can get creative with your deals because you don't need to worry about paying your bills next month. You have the reserves. You have this. You have that. Right. And it allows people to be more real estate engineers versus just like people in a factory. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I'm like you, I like the being a deal maker. I like yes. looking at deals. Hey, maybe we go sub two. Maybe we take it retail. Maybe we wholesale it. Maybe I double close it. And like you're able to be more creative in the business when you don't have all this overhead liability and like 17 salespeople you got to pay. Like I've been to the seminars where they talk about hiring a sales floor And every time I get done with those, I literally stick my finger in my mouth and I start dry heaving because I'm like, this is not what I want to do. Yeah. And you're a sales guy. Like you're way more of a sales guy than me, right? Exactly. And I'm the quote unquote sales guy. And like my sales guy makes a lot of money and he doesn't have anyone he competes with. It's just him and he makes a bunch of money. And now he's grown so much where him and I are going to go 50-50 on this Delaware house because he lives down there and he's got a bunch of money in the bank. I'm like, dude, let's just go in this thing together. Fuck it. Let's just do it. And like, we're able to do that because we don't have this massive machine and corporate structure and anything right. like that. And I just yeah. found like for me and the lifestyle and with you and the lifestyle, I, I feel like it just works better for me. It yeah. fits my personality better. Right. And um, you know, when you bring team members on, like you have a small close team versus like this corporate structure and what's your talk time and all this bullshit that I don't really like.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, you man, still have to manage your people, right? Yeah, but manage, it's different. Like, yeah. Like, like I let my leads manager know, like recently, like, Hey, you've been sucking up on follow-up lately. I'm looking at the yeah. numbers and yeah. le- we got to improve this. You need to be doing X amount of follow-up calls per day. And I got on her case and I'm looking at the numbers now and she's doing it right. And, and the results improved. And I'm like, see, it's just about touching people. Yes. It's just about the touch. It's not about, you're not going to lock up a deal. Every time you do follow-up, it's the constant contact. It's right? the lead measure.
0: Yeah. It's the right. lead measure, not the lag Correct. measure. Here's another yeah, yeah. thing that I realized you're going to like this. I did. I read, a, I'm reading a book. I read, listen to the book and now I'm reading it. It's called buy back your time by Dan Martell. Really good okay. book. Popular now. Yeah. Um, and I did a time audit cause that was one of the, like the action items in the book. And I looked at all the time I was spending throughout the day and it was mostly like emails and phone calls. And I'm like, okay, I still need to do that, but I need to spend more time leading my team and improving our systems. Right. Yes. So because I don't have a huge team, I can still do the phone calls and emails that are required. But now that time audit got me to realize I need to train my team more and that's going to be a good use of my time and also improving our systems. And it's it's manageable with a few employees. It's harder to manage when you have 10 employees because then you have to have someone directing them and this, that, and the other. So right. yeah, the main takeaway for the listeners is like, you don't need to see what someone else is doing and exactly copy them if you don't want to. Like you can do, five deals a month or three deals a month and make a bunch of money and do whatever you want and have freedom and have money in the bank and have rental properties. Like there's not one size fits all in this business.
1: And you're going to figure out too, like, as you, the more, the further you're into this business, you're going to figure out what you like and what you don't like. Yes. Right. And you're going to figure out your mental capacity too. Like I, I I can only, because I manage my flips and I just manage the subs I'm just basically dealing with the subs, right? Sherwin Williams just called me a minute ago, like, Hey, is your painter. Can he pick up the paint? And I was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Charge it to the account. You know, um, I can only take on like, probably I've got four flips going on at the moment. One of them's under contract to sell. We're just doing, you know, agreement to address concerns right now. And I got another one that's, uh, getting clean this weekend, going on the market uh, next week, photographs Monday. So it's pretty much done. And I got two more sort of in process. So it's like. Four is like my max at a time. Like that's too much, almost too much. Probably three is like my sweet spot. So now that I'm selling these two, um, I'm looking in my, you know, sort of my leads that are coming down the pipe and what we have in the pipeline. I'm like, okay, I have the mental capacity to take on like two more flips because I know that these two are like selling soon. So like, yeah. let's take on two more rehabs and then wholesale or hotel re- hotels are easy because like it doesn't require a ton of wholesale, right? Plus I'm an agent, so I list my hotels myself. Right? Okay. So um that's just a benefit of being an agent. Um so yeah, I mean I just like I figured out what I like and what I don't like and I just do what I like and I don't do what I don't like. <laughs> and, like. Hey, that sounds like a recipe for success to me. Right? And I'm still working every day, but I still have time to spend um with my family and as as you know like what's going on with my son, like I need a lot of time with him to take him to all the things that we have to do and I'm not going to get into some in video but like I, this gives me the time because my wife is like down the hall from me and she works for a corporation and she's a project manager and a, a, she's an agile coach is what she does for a living. Like she's doing it. She's been doing a training all week, all day, every day, locked in her office, like all day. Um, she makes fantastic money, but like I have the flexibility, to like, Oh, I can take my son to a doctor's appointment today or whatever. Like I can go do this or go do that or run an errand or whatever. It gives me the flexibility and the freedom to just exactly.
0: And that, still you know. manage your business from your phone.
1: Correct. Yeah. Cause I just, yeah, I put my AirPods in and I'm like wherever. And I'm talking on the phone and you know, you exactly. know, you now that it's warmed up outside, I literally, I don't even really hang out in my office now it's warm. I just walk around, I pace around the house and I'm just on the phone. <laughs> A crazy man pacing around his house. Yeah. I'm sure the
0: neighbor's like, man? Oh, this guy. So, well, let's get into the probate part. Cause that's yeah. something you've really gotten good at and you're starting to systematize now. So we talked about how valuable probate leads are. You saw that, you know, 80% of your revenue was coming from 20% of your lead channels probate. Yep. So like, what have you done to like systematize this? Because you've taken a way different approach than most people and you've really built a lot of valuable content around this to make your system evergreen.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, we we uh, I've always done probate direct mail marketing, right? Yep. And then I was doing pay-per-click for years and I'd get probate deals from pay-per-click. Yeah, <laughs> this is right? not funny. And, and probate deals are always just heavy hitter, like big deals. They take a longer life cycle, right? They're like three to six months to close versus like maybe 30 days for another lead form. And they require more nurturing. They require special personality to deal with these people. These people are going through a lot of issues. You can't just be like the cut and dry. Like what's your arm? Yeah. Like that's not, no, you got to like be emotional and empathetic with these people and like, that's why my leads manager has been with me for four years. She's so good at it. Like she could be a therapist. I mean, she's fantastic with these people. They love her. And she like, we'll spend an hour on the phone and just talking through why their sister's angry at them or whatever, you know, like that sort of thing. Right. So I do the probate deals. I've been doing direct mail probate, still do those. And I just consistently mail those my probate lists. I just ordered, you know, 24,000 postcards yesterday. Right. (laughs) Like my list is huge because I've, I've, you know built it over years and I don't take anything off, off my list unless they ask me to or they've sold the property right yeah, so just yeah, my yeah. list just grows and grows and grows every month um also what I'm doing now is I'm like I'm really good at the online stuff I figured out of the marketing I was doing YouTube videos and all that stuff before on all the other topics around selling a house and I was like well let me just focus on probate and do that so I built a website it's called probateresource.com um and basically it's just uh, if you follow Frank Kern, intent-based love marketing, Frank Kern. love him. Frank Kern stuff is awesome. It's all what Frank Kern teaches. And it's all just driving this evergreen content to this website. And it's all things re- all things related to probate. Not just the house piece, but like everything related to probate. And I have guest speakers and I have guests, like I have attorneys and I have counselors and I have like estate sale companies. They're all contributing to this content with me. And they're my partners in this. And we're actually taking this national. um, You can also check out probatehouseguy.com. So that's sort of another one of my brands that we're going to take this national. That's my like investor and agent focused brand is probatehouseguy.com. Like that's, I'm going to, I'm launching a podcast here this week and I'm going to be doing a lot of probate stuff on podcasts. So check that out. It's coming down the pipe. Um, And, uh, you know, that's just the plan going forward is just to basically just laser focus, probate only intent based marketing like content marketing and just go national with it.
0: No, that's right? a great idea too because you've used the data to give you evidence that this is a valid thing because yes. you know with probate leads, pre-probate leads, whatever you want to call them because we do both, like that is yeah, the da- the deal size is much bigger but like you said, it's you have to be very um nurturing and it's it's the content that you're putting out is very smart because when somebody has a property that they inherit via probate, the first thing they're usually thinking of is what the F do I do with this thing? Not yes. how do I liquidate this thing in two minutes? Like, so if they go to like probatehouseguy.com or probate, was it probateresource.com?
1: Probateresource.com. Yeah. That's a great
0: domain, by the way. Yeah. They can
1: get it must so $4,000 to buy that domain. Oh,
0: I don't play. That's a, that's a very good domain. Dude. That's like a you know quarter of a wholesale fee. Yeah. Like, yeah they can see that you obviously know what you're doing and you're providing content in advance of asking for anything, AKA a cash offer. Right. So when they actually decide to get in touch with your team, they're like, Oh man, I saw your videos. I saw this. I thought that was helpful. Oh, that attorney knows what they're doing. Well, guess what? I got a property I want to get rid of. And guess who has a competitive advantage over the other Giuseppe in Atlanta? You. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's super smart, man. And especially with, it's like the perfect niche to do this around because like, if it was like absentee owner resource, it's like, well, yeah, I got a tenant inside and I want to sell, like, pretty straightforward. Right, right. But probate is a lot more sticky, you know?
1: Yeah. All yeah. right. Oh, Speaking of absentee, I bought a domain like a couple of years ago during the peak of COVID with the eviction moratorium. It was, oh, uh, God. It was, uh, LandlordStimulus.com. I bought that <laughs> like because everyone was getting stimulus checks. And the Landlord's yeah. like, hey, what about me? Like, so I did some I did some marketing back then uh with some to absentees, like, hey, you know, tired of the tenant. Da-da-da-da. Tired like, of the tenant. Well,
0: in know. Georgia, you can kick someone out in two minutes. New York is like fucking Armageddon up here.
1: Well, I mean, it was still like the courts were just closed um, oh, wow. for months. Like Clayton County. Um, so sweet. All right. I'm getting a check. I just got an email. I'm getting my check for my deal yesterday. The Juicy. big, big $75,000 deal. It's going to, wire's going to go out today. Cool. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> that was a probate deal from a mailer that I had to nurture. I think it was a September mailer and we finally locked it in a contract in like December.
0: 90 days um, cycle.
1: Yeah. And so that's another thing with probates is they're a long life cycle. So you've got to understand the value of a pipeline and, and the nurturing sequence and a pipeline to be successful at these, because you're not going to have a ton of deals and you're not going to make a ton of money right off the bat on probate. Like you have to fill your pipeline up because these things take forever to close. Like I've got one that's like, it's been stuck in probate for a year now, you know? And it's like, you just have to fill this pipeline up so that you're not waiting for the next one. Really. You're like, there's another one come in. You just, your pipeline's full and, Oh, Oh, cool. We just got, you know, I get a phone call. Oh, I just got probate letters on this one. We've been trying for like six months. Cool. Now we can close it. Yay. You know? Yeah. So it's that understanding that and filling that pipeline up to keep it rolling. And, and over time, you know, you'll, you'll do more and more business and you'll get better and better. And that's just, I mean, what I, what I'm doing is not overnight success. Like I've been doing this since I started probate marketing in 2018 so, like, you know, I've been doing this for five years now, right? Half so, decade. That's crazy. Yeah. So
0: yeah. that's that's the thing with probate, man. Like so and every like state is different because, like, for example, in Texas, you you can do probate, obviously, but if if there's just like a simple airship thing, yeah. you can do airship affidavits, you can do that in New York, you can right. do that in Tennessee. So yeah. like really understanding how the system works is like key. Like, for example, in California, oh man, you want to hear an interesting probate story? You'll yeah. like this one. God, it pains me to even talk about this. So I ran into a vacant house in El Cajon, California, which is like okay. 30 minutes from where I live. Yeah. And the lady inherited the property. She lived in Montana. The house was fucking shot. Yeah. And it took me like six months to get her to sell this house to me. And I just dealt with her directly because it was local. Right. And she's like, okay, uh, I'll sell it to you. I'm selling it at a discount, but it has to go through probate. And I didn't understand how probate worked in San Diego until this deal happened. Yeah. So we signed a contract and the contract basically wasn't even valid because she wasn't the executor of the estate yet.
1: Sure. We do it all so, the
0: time. Yeah. Yeah. So we go into escrow and she wanted like 25 grand down and I agreed to do it, but I didn't put the money down because she wasn't the owner yet. So I didn't like legally have to. Sure. So we go in contract and it says the 25 K EMD. I didn't put the money down and my escrow officer knows me pretty well from like other deals. Mine's she the same doesn't, way. Yeah. Apple she does I hear. EMD, other times I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'll get to it. So we, we're going through the motions here. And this is like, wow, the market's starting to take a shit. So we locked it up in February. Probate takes forever in California, just like everything in California is just a fucking pain in the ass. Getting the contract, sitting there, waiting, things taking forever. I actually referred her a probate attorney. The whole thing's going through. And now June comes along and the market like takes a... Dis- nasty dive in san diego like just disaster out there you know because it was so expensive drops like 15 percent, and i agreed to let her rent the house back for me for 30 days because she needed to move her shit out and because she like didn't live there and then she like went back to the property and was like living there with no power fucking weird well no she had power she didn't have like she had like it was just sketchy like she had like a mini fridge anyway so i'm starting to think like all right this market's dropping down And, you know, I don't know about this deal. Like the numbers started to not look great because of the market. Yeah. So find out that the brother now comes out of the woodwork. Now the brother, she told me was not a problem. And I'm like, okay, well, if he's not a problem, then no issue. Her brother finds out she's selling the house for a cheap price. He goes bananas. He's like, well, if you're going to sell for this price, he's got to put $35,000 down. And now I'm like, oh shit. So now she becomes a legal executor because the probate court goes through. Yeah. I got to send... yeah, it was thirty five grand. No, was it thirty five grand? Yeah, it was like thirty. No, no, sorry, sorry. It was fifteen originally, and then he wanted ten grand more, so it was twenty five. That's 25. what happened. This was a while ago. So I sent the twenty five grand into escrow, like no issue. And now I'm like, oh my god! Now I have to flip, a wholesale this thing because, like, I want to just get out of this thing. So she's being a pain in the ass. The brother's a pain in the ass. They they actually sued each other, and now I'm stuck in the middle of this thing with twenty five grand non refundable. Market keeps going down. And now I'm like, oh my God. Now I need to just wholesale this thing for like whatever I can get. Yeah. I fucking couldn't find a buyer because nobody wanted it because the terms of the contract sucked. Yeah. And now I'm like, I got to cancel this contract. And I never cancel contracts, like ever. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I got to cancel this contract. So I cancel the contract and I told her, I'm like, listen, I'm gonna need to get my money back. And she's like, well, I don't want to give you your money back. I'm like, well, legally I can get my money back because you didn't sign a contract with me. And you, it wasn't valid. And number two, you're in breach of the contract because we were supposed to close this thing in like freaking May, and now it's like July and this oh no, it was September. Yeah. And I'm like, like this, like, I'll get a lawyer. Like, I don't I know what I'm doing. And she's like, she was like bitching at me. And so I had to get a lawyer, and they sent her a nasty letter. So basically, the bottom line is it cost me a thousand dollars to get my twenty-five thousand dollars back. Sure. canceled the contract, she put it on the market, sold it for cheap on the MLS. Whole thing was a nightmare. Um, so I spent the thousand dollars to get my 25 grand back, net 24. Uh, yeah. and it was a total disaster. So the point is this California probate is a lot different than New York probate, and I've learned that the hard way. There oh. it's
1: different. It's different, it's the same, but it's different. Like there's still so yeah, yeah. the market, right? Yeah. Yeah. We I've lost some money on some probate. two two deals last year, lost money. We got the people a probate attorney. Um, we took them to the probate court like my acquisitions guy drove them to their court hearings all the stuff drove them all around blah 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 both of them sold the properties out from underneath us behind our back to another wholesaler Can you file those Uh, pennants in that case in that case can't you sue the seller i can but they don't have any money like one of them they uh, they got like 25 grand or something and i bet you that money's already gone like i i can right but like we you gonna sue a broke person? What are you gonna get? Like, I'm well, just no, just no, no,
0: $1, no, no, you file all this penance and cloud the title, and then they can't sell it.
1: Oh, That's- oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we could have done that. I don't, we do, we do a, a like a memorandum of contract yeah. here in Georgia, and it's like sort of holds some weight, sort of yeah, doesn't. Yeah. I, I don't do a lot. There's a lot of wholesalers who do them like all the time. I don't, I only do them in certain circumstances, a couple circumstances they've paid off for me. I got paid out, right? Yeah, but like. With these, it was like, oh, they're never gonna like screw us. Cause in like one of the one of the couples I paid the house was in such bad shape. Defects came and they were like, I'm we're gonna take your kids because your kids shouldn't be living in this thing. Oh my God. We were we were like, so I was like, okay, well, we're closing in like a few weeks. This was right around Christmas. I was like, Okay, well, I'll just put you in a hotel and I'll pay for the hotel. Big mistake on my part, right? So because I'm a caring person, right? So I put him in a hotel. We're supposed to close this thing like December 28th or something like right after Christmas, we get to the day before closing and the attorney's like, hey, um, she hasn't sent us her probate letters yet. And I'm like, what do you mean she hasn't sent? Like she told us she had her letters. So big mistake I learned there is tell my team, you need to see the letters. Do they have the letters in their hand? Don't let them tell you that they have the letters. Look and verify that they have the letters of administration or or, uh, testamentary. And if they have them, we're good. Well, she didn't have the letter. She had just petitioned for probate, but never actually finished it. So here I am, I'm out. I think it was like $3,000 in hotel fees for this for this family to stay there. God. Me and my sales, or me and my leads manager went to the house. Her and I cleaned the house out one day, got a dumpster, cleaned the house out, cleaned their kitchen, da-da-da-da-da-da, and um, moved them back in the house. And then they got them a probate attorney, and then they got their letters and like, she got her letters and sold the house. She, she was working with another investor on the side at the same time, sold the house to them for like five grand more than what we were paying.
0: Oh my God. What did you do? Did you sue them?
1: She do not have any money. Like yeah. it's going, I, I could sue her, I guess, but I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I'm just moving on with life. Move like, on. I'm not yeah. going to waste Short my time memory. and my mental capacity. It was like three or four grand, right? Whatever. Just move on. Like it's crazy. Cause sometimes I I've learned that like, there's been times where I've like gone into lawsuit. I had one guy I threatened him with a lawsuit a couple of years ago and actually got 20 grand out of it. Um, even threatened to hit the broker that was involved. It was a mess. Turns out my buddy ended up buying the house. I didn't realize that he was the other investor. Um, but Craziness. Um, I made some money off that, but like I had to go through and like I was about to pay an attorney the the uh, retainer and all this stuff, yeah. and then he ended up finally we we basically verbally said, hey, we're filing superior court tomorrow if you don't pay me this money because you know what you did, and I'll win in court. Like, you know, and he was like, okay, fine, we'll we'll send the money and whatever. But it it was wild. But I, I usually don't do that just because I know it's not worth my time to do it yeah you know? it
0: it's it is a slippery slope especially like how much is like like your mental energy like do I want to get involved in a lawsuit and pay an attorney and deal with all that bullshit it's like right yeah, yeah we try to not do it I I will I make an exception that like if the seller is truly distressed and it's like a grandma and she just doesn't want to sell dude I'm never
1: gonna do that to her.
0: But no, no, I don't need to yeah. let him out of the contract. Yeah, I let him out. I'm it's like, right. right.
1: It's not the right thing. I don't yeah. want to be on the news and be like that investor that like took advantage of the little old lady. I'm thinking yeah, yeah exactly. in my head, right? Yeah. And my acquisitions guy's like, no, sewer. Sure. No, 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 I was like, no. No. Like, like, just it it's worked. not worth it, man. There's more deals. Just move on yeah. to the next one. Right. But when they get greedy, I'm a savage.
0: When they're like, oh, well, Bob offered me a Well, Guess what? I'll file his pen in two minutes, and you'll be toasted. And they're like, "Oh, okay."
1: I and the part. one I was talking about with my buddy, that that actually was ended up being the buyer. The guy was just a total snake. I was like, "You're a dirtbag. He's wait, your buddy was the one who snaked you? No, 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 no. Uh, the, oh, the seller. seller. Okay. Right? Yeah. So the seller, we were buying this house. He needed to buy. This was his mom's house. He inherited. He would needed to find a new house, so he hired an agent to go find him a new house locally. Well, the agent got in his ear and was like, well, I can get you more money for that house. Oh. He sent the deal to a friend of mine via text messages he like, hey, I have this deal. I was under contract on this deal at the time. Yeah. I didn't know any of this. So then my buddy puts it under contract and the seller's like, well... You know, he didn't, he we were supposed to close and he wouldn't send them the last document they needed or something. We're like, hey, we're supposed to close, like, we're ready to go. Like the money's like waiting. I'm ready to wire the money. Da, 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 da. He's like, oh, I got a better offer from someone else. I was like, uh-uh, no, what's going on here? He's like, Well, my agent told me I can get more money. So I called the agent's broker, and the broker was like, No, she would never do something like that. Da-da-da-da-da. let us figure this out. Da, da, da. So I'm dealing with this broker. Like, and then I finally was like, Look, I'm filing a lawsuit against you, your brokerage. And him, I'm naming everybody in it because you, that's not ethical, what you did, right? You're not supposed to do that. I was under contract. I had a contract. I'm ready to close. The money's ready to be wired. You know, da 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 It's not like I'm just some idiot wholesaler who really couldn't even close on that. Yeah, the you actually were like, ready to buy the house. Yeah, yeah. I close on everything. Even if I don't find a buyer, I close on it because I do what I say I'm going to do, right? Because yeah. that's the right thing to do. Imagine that, right? Um, you- and uh, so then um, he, he ends up, sending me the money. They wired me the money. And then I later found out once I found out a friend of mine was the one who actually bought it. Cause he posted it on Facebook like a week later. Oh, look at this house we just bought. And I was like, you were the other guy. No kidding. Cause he didn't know I was the other investor. And, uh, he sends me the text messages from the agent. Like she did a FaceTime video with him and showed him the house on FaceTime I was like that little, <clears throat> I, I probably still, I could, I agreed, like, when I got paid off, I agreed not to, like, sue the the broker. And I, I probably shouldn't have done that, but I, I should have still probably filed a complaint to the Georgia Real Estate Commission against that. Oh, what a yeah. mess. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: What a mess, dude. Real estate yeah. is an interesting business. That's all I got to say. But, that's Brad, right. you definitely know what you're doing, and I'm excited to see what you take, you know, how you grow this probate arm of your business and help a lot of people nationwide. So if yeah. people want to check you out as we wrap the show up here, First thing is how do they get in touch with you? And the second thing is how do they get in touch with the probate assets you're creating?
1: So go to, so go to probatehouseguy.com. I'm, I'm going to basically build this out across the country and build strategic partners in each market. So I want like an investor who really knows what they're doing, kind of experience, who's a deal engineer in each market. Because um, this lower deal volume, but like bigger spread deals. So go to probatehouseguy.com. Uh, there's a form on there, contact form. You can reach out to me through probatehouseguy.com. It's really the best way to do it because those forms will go right to me and I'll get back to you,
0: so. Beautiful. And then how do they get in touch with you directly? On Instagram?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram, Brad K. Woodall. I'm on Facebook. Brad Woodall, like, uh, you know, can find me on those channels,
0: so. Beautiful. We'll put those in the notes, my man. I appreciate you being a second guest or a second
1: Yeah, second thanks guest. for having me again, Greg.
0: Thank you for listening to an episode of the Real Estate Investing Fast Track. I hope you got a lot of value from this specific episode. And there are a few takeaways that you're able to gather from this to implement in your business so you can be a more successful real estate investor. So if you did get value from the show, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes, it would really mean a lot to me. That's how we keep growing the show and getting great guests is because people see the reviews. They see that we have a high quality show and they want to contribute as a guest. So that would be great. Also, if you got value, if you could share the show on social media, that would be great because that is how people see this besides the reviews. So once again, if you did get value, if you could do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes and share the show on social media, it would really mean a lot to me and I'll see you on the next episode.